Welcome to Nothing Confidential, the podcast. I'm Kristen Hinkey, your hostess with the mostest, guide from the side, and mistress of ceremonies. Together, we're about to explore and deconstruct the shame and stigma surrounding our sexuality. You heard that right. We're going deep on the topics of sex, relationships, spirituality, health, and everything else that impacts our ability to live, love, and orgasm freely. My hope is to shine a light on our shared experiences by normalizing taboo topics and empowering each of you to reclaim autonomy of your pleasure, your bodies, and your lives. You are now entering a judgment-free zone where I ask all the uncomfortable and embarrassing questions for you. Our unofficial mantra is be curious, not judgmental. So leave your inner prude at the door or strap her in tight because this is happening. Welcome slash welcome back to Nothing Confidential, y'all. Today's conversation is a journey. A few words about today's guest. Former party boy turned podcast host Dustin Ribka hosts Sex Party, a show where he talks about all things sex and relationships with a different guest each and every Wednesday. As with any good party, though, sometimes things get messy. Things like this conversation (laughs) I'm about to share with you. Ah, but let's put mess in context, shall we? So I met Dustin uh, via Instagram. He had reached out to me with a very respectful DM showing genuine interest in my work and in the things that I share and the thoughts that I put out into the world. And he invited me to be a guest on his podcast, Sex Party, where I did appear and we had a thorough and enjoyable conversation. It's actually one of my top conversations to date. I felt that he asked questions that allowed me to really get into the nitty gritty of how I work and what it looks like to utilize somatic experiencing and a lot of the body-based trauma healing modalities that I utilize in our relationship to sex and sexual expression. So I really loved our time together. He is a great listener. He was a phenomenal host and conversationalist. And I was intrigued by this man who hosts a weekly show where he thus far speaks exclusively to women about sex and relationships. And we get into that a, a good bit in, um, in the show together here that I'm about to drop for you. But the thing that I caught myself doing, and I'm just, this is a disclaimer. <laughs> I think I have left this conversation more raw and unedited than maybe any ever, because I want you to hear the entire journey, the entire shift that happens from the very beginning where I will admit I began the conversation thinking, like I definitely had a shape for this conversation in mind. I had a direction that I wanted to go. I thought that when I had him on, 
I was thinking of Dustin as kind of this, you know, accidental champion of women. And I honestly, and this is something he and I have talked about openly, I was trying to determine how much of that was intentional and conscious and how much of it was, you know, driven by something else. And I thought we were going to have a conversation that was really edgy about like toxic masculinity and that is not really what happened. Um, I think I became aware of how I was trying to shape the narrative probably 20 minutes into the conversation. And I just decided mid-flow to drop it and to just be a person and be in conversation and talk and ask genuine, curious questions, and then listen for the response. And what got to happen when I did that is that we were able to have an incredibly layered, multi-dimensional, textured conversation that reeks to high heavens with humanity, honesty, and innate goodness. (laughs) So I don't want to give too much away This conversation was long, and so I have split it into two parts. So if you are listening to this intro, know that this that you're about to hear is part one. There will be a part two available. Um, I'm making them available the same day, so you should be able to just go straight through to the next one. But just a few things that we were able to touch on once I dropped my agenda was... The, the a question that I feel like we all have to address within ourselves on the self-development, self-healing journey, and Dustin voiced it very openly, which was, do I even want to open Pandora's box? And I feel like the thread that kind of runs through this conversation is, you know, talking about the terrifying reality of leaning into vulnerability and these beliefs that we have around shared pain equaling connection. And there was just, he was so honest and raw about that internal struggle to break the cycle of toxic masculinity like within himself as he experienced it, but there is this tension between awareness and desire and then having access to the safety to move forward. We talk about boundaries. We talk about dating. We talk about our trauma. Um, I feel like this is a great example of two people who are often saying the same thing just in different ways like when you listen to how he frames something and then how I have to reframe it to understand what it is he's saying I love that this is such an honest it's the conversation's kind of clunky at times but I like that because this is how real people talk <laughs> and I think sometimes you can walk away from a podcast feeling like oh That was a really well-executed, smooth, coherent conversation. 
And when we don't experience communication or speaking our truth in that way in real life, it can sometimes feel unapproachable or like, I really loved that, but how do I apply that to real life? So I felt like we were able to have a conversation that real people would have, not people who host podcasts for a living would have. I felt like it was so, so honest and so different. And while we explore so many questions uh, together, (laughs) we get really, really deep. And there's a lot of the questions that don't get answered. And I think there's a lot of value in that. So I think what I am hoping, I know that what I hope you will take away from this conversation is permission to be afraid of the transformation journey, permission to question everything, permission to be messily, imperfectly, humanly in process, and permission to have the courage to talk about hard things and to look at uncomfortable truths and to examine yourself through the eyes of people who see you and can speak into you. So I don't want to give too much away. Hopefully the title has piqued your interest enough. Um, Dustin is one of a very few men I have had on this show, but I actually really love a lot of the things that he has to say and I love his journey that he's on and I am honored that he trusted me to be in such an honest, vulnerable conversation with him. Uh, We have established a friendship over the course of my time on his show, his time on this show. We've got other collaborations in the works. It is an unlikely pairing and somehow it really fucking works. So Dustin, thank you. Thank you. Thank you for offering yourself up. Thank you for your honesty. Thank you for being exactly who you are, even when you don't know who that is. (laughs) Thank you for not being afraid to be in process. Thank you for being genuine. Thank you for being a great person. And um, for all of you listening, I hope that you enjoy this. And I cannot wait to see the questions and the conversation that come from this, uh, this conversation that we had. So I love all of you. I appreciate all of you. And I'm just going to keep doing what feels fresh and potent and intuitive and good to me. And I hope all of you will do the same. Well, Dustin Ribka, welcome to Nothing Confidential as like only the third male ever to appear on the show. How are you? <laughs> um, well, you know, what's funny is on my show, I ask people how they are and then they ask me and I'm like, uh, oh, yeah. do I answer honestly? But I can say being asked as a guest, right? I can say I'm really fucking stoked to be here. 
uh, massive understatement, probably. I, I, <laughs> I um, am really happy to see you again. And before we even get started, allow me to say what a fucking amazing guest you were on my show. Um, all of the lovely comments I still get about your episode. Um, I'm really happy that you're starting your podcast up again. So mm-hmm. just Same. wanted to get oh. that out there yeah, right away. And thank you. And for anyone who hasn't listened to it yet, um, I did do a, a guest appearance over on Dustin's show, Sex Party, and it was solid. We did a lot. There was a lot more somatic kind of experiencing therapy talk than I even expected given just the name and vibe of the show. Like we had a great time, but I feel like you also really gave me the space to go there in practical terms. And I really love it when I'm able to kind of drop into that zone and not only share from my lived experiences, but also from my expertise. So you were an amazing, I know I've already told you, but you were an amazing facilitator and conversationalist. And so it was an easy sell to, to double up and bring you over on the show. Cause I knew yeah. that our conversation would be um, really easy and free flowing. So yeah, for sure. I mean, yeah. that's the thing about you that it's really, um, you know, and you can, you can tell uh, when you go back and watch the episodes, it's like, you just have this, um, you have this energy where, where you can, you can be professional and deliver value. Right. But you can also be like, fuck it, let's do a shot. Like, and that's how, <laughs> that's how I am. So I'm like, yeah, fuck. Yeah. Yeah. So, very rare. Well, I'm curious too, since you, since you podcast, I know that it can be, we get kind of comfy being in the in the seat of asking the questions and of facilitating. And it's like, oh, that's so interesting. Like, what was that like for you? How does that feel? Like almost like curiosity can sometimes be a layer or a wall to kind of keep us nice and cozy, comfy and safe. And I'm just curious how it feels to just have that, to have that flipped. I fucking love it. I love danger. So (laughs) give me some fucking danger. Give me some electricity. I'm ready for it. Yeah. I, I think, um, you're totally fucking right. When you're a host, uh, you, you really are curious, but how much of that is a mask? Um, I always encourage, as you know, I encourage my guests to like, I think that the words I always use, if you can make me bleed a little bit on my episode, the episode will be better for it. (laughs) Um, So that's already like a thing, but flipping that around, uh, especially with you, I think it's just, I I don't know. I'm, I'm always, I'm, I love to flip the coin, you know? Yeah. Well, I'm, and I'm excited because this feels uh, even though it's my show, it still feels like we're flipping the coin a little bit just because we, I have not had very many cis straight male identifying people on the show. And I plan to, to have more of all types of humans on the show in the near future. But I think that this is a great opportunity to just hear from the other side, because as anyone who has listened to the show knows, we spend a lot of time in conversation, deconstructing and exploring and kind of digging through the ramifications of the patriarchal society we live in, the toxic masculine, the conditioning and um, oppression, you know, of the feminine and all of these things like that. It, it's hard to not get into those conversations as women. And 
you're someone who I've talked to enough to know that you're, you're kind of on your own crusade to shake that shit off too. Right. And like, I've had the opportunity to speak with people and, and point out over and over that the toxic masculinity model doesn't just injure women. Like it hurts everyone. It hurts men. It destroys men. It destroys families. And like the men who are destroying women are doing so because they first have been destroyed. So I'm just excited to talk with you about that because I know that you, I don't even know if I would say comfy, but you are eager and always willing to kind of get into those messy conversations. So I wanted to just open up the floor for that because your podcast is about sex and relationships and you are a straight white dude living in the city and Mm -hmm. talking, talking to all kinds of people about sex and relationships. So I'm just curious for those who are just learning about you, like what kind of brought you to this moment? Like, who are you? What are you doing right now? And how did you end up with a sex and relationship podcast? Yeah. Wow. Um, love this question. Um, gorgeously put, right? Cause it's a, it is a fucking giant massive, uh, who are you and, and why are you doing this is, is, is always a difficult question. I think to ask people in any form. And I love that you asked it that way. Um, yeah, I, I from a very young age, I remember, do you remember the movie kill bill? Yeah. Like when she sees someone, someone on her list, right. There's that music and her eyes go and it's like, <laughs> or she's like, okay, I'm going to kill this motherfucker. Yes. Yeah. So I remember at a really young age feeling that kill bill anger, right. Or like transform, like feeling like what's happening to me. Like when someone would make a shitty comment about a woman, right. Or like, mm. and as I got older, it got like more intense and i just felt like that always pulled everybody down like you're treating uh women like shit and this that and the other and and of course you know i, I i'm i'm from very familiar with porn and very familiar with all of the things uh, I was born in the 80s. I, we've got, you know, Chris, Christina Aguilera, let's get dirty. <laughs> like all of the absolutely the fucking nipple gate with fucking, yep. you know, Janet Jackson. So I've been through all of the things. I've seen how we react when a woman, um, you know, uh, uh, in, really is empowered with her sexuality. And I just hated the reaction that like people around me would she's a whore or she's a slut bag or whatever. And as I got older, right, it got worse. I was getting angrier and angrier. And then, you know, eventually you stop hanging out with dudes like that, but eventually you find yourself alone, right? Like, so I would say from my uh, late twenties on, I was surrounded by a bunch of um, women, like people I was sleeping with. Sure. Friends, friends with benefits, just friends, believe it or not, that's a thing. Um, but I only had like four or five dudes who were smart and thoughtful and cool that were around me. And now it's down to like two or three. Right. Um, but I, I couldn't stand being around that, let alone like someone associating me with that. And, uh, I think with sex party, you know, I, I, I really wanted to just bring that fucking system down uh, brick by brick as, mm-hmm. as long as it took. And I think to do it in a way 
it isn't me like yelling, you know, I know because I'm just not a yeller anyway, yeah. but like um, I to do it in a way that's like fun and, you know, let's really let's like you said, it, it's messy. I love making a mess. I am a fucking mess. My my sex and dating life on the personal is either uh, completely up in flames. So I'm a mess. And the idea with sex party is like, yo, like this host has got a good heart, but he's kind of a mess, you know? <laughs> so, I mean, if, if that doesn't answer your question, I can always dive back into more stuff. No, it, it definitely answers that question. And, you know, as a good conversation does prompts several others. Yes. So one thing I'm curious about is you were saying that that started that feeling that rage at kind of the injustice, the inequality started really young. And I'm just curious. I know from having heard some of your story that you, your birth dad was not in the picture for a long time. You had a stepfather who was pretty toxic and your mother who you obviously adore, who did literally the best she could made you know, brownies out of shit piles and like did her <laughs> best. It sounds like, you know, that, that had an impact on you in itself. It's kind of, do you, do you feel like that? You know, it's funny because I'm someone who is like, give me all the pain, right? Um, Oh, you know, my best friend fucking died tragically. Like we're going to be all right. Let's get him buried. You know, <laughs> like I'm, I'm very like, uh, Oh, that's okay. Um, what my left arm is gone. I'll get a robotic one. Like I very, I, I think internally I'm always trying to test or like really take a bite or like suck up the experience. Um, and even like something as weird as like, I'll go into a gas station, right. To get a, I don't know, pack a, a beer, whatever, right. Insert your favorite snack. Um, Love and a good gas station beer, <laughs> right. Um, especially in a brown paper bag. I mean, you um, said you're into pain, so <laughs> yes. Right. So, so we'll be in there and it'll be a weird vibe. Like, I don't know what's going to go down. And most people will just get the fuck out of there. I will stay because I want that experience. Mm, like you are the guy who wants to be huddled behind a counter during an active shooting. Uh, I don't know. I mean, I, when the guns come out, I think okay, I'll probably then you're out. That's the line right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But if the, the guy's like, you know, okay. uh, if someone's like in Pulled a pirate costume or something is like yelling about uh, they lost the lottery in 79. I'm like, I'm in for this. Like, I want to see where this goes. Right. When we get to violence. I'm kind of like, oh, OK, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I wasn't sure where your line was. So okay, no, no, no. Well, yeah. is the line. That's that's a good line. My line is like. I have a knife. And then I'm like, see you later. Like, oh, <laughs> yeah, I yeah, don't yeah. need to have this experience. I think we're good. No, no, no. I don't want to be stabbed. Okay. Yeah, okay. But if someone's okay. like, like going on and on annoyingly about like how they used to be like the high school football hero and like, someone's like, no, you, you're a piece of shit. Like I'm in for that. I want to mm -hmm. know where that as much as I can. Right. Um, this I'm the same way with like really horrible, tragic things, um, personal things. You know, I feel like I want to see how far I can get. Like, you know, am I am I invulnerable? Why does it whatever? And there's all sorts of fucking messes with that. I can see you writing questions in your mind right now, um, <laughs> which is great. But um, I feel like. I'm at a place where it is coming up on the show and thoughtful, really smart. Um, 
people like yourself are asking those questions back to me. And it's like, shit, uh, is it time to readdress maybe the pain threshold? Like there's a lot in the tank, like whatever. So there's a lot of, of that happening. Um, you know, I, I think it's weird. I think I blocked a lot of the abuse and, you know, with my stepfather, like he would do really terrible, violent things constantly. And it was never, it was like, you know, I never really knew what was coming was, you know, we're watching a TV show. And if I laugh at the wrong place, or if I, so there's this anticipatory thing in the air that was like, uh, yikes. Right. But I never tempered my behavior to, um, to avoid violence. He had a thing where he'd be like choking you out or, or, or doing something violent. And his thing was like, say uncle. Right. Mm -hmm. And his thing was intimidation. Yeah. Yeah. He was a bully. And no matter what, under any circumstances, did I ever say uncle? And I mean, to the point where, you know, I, I mean, let's get dark for a second, but like there was one or two times when I was really young where it was like close to close to the end, close to death, probably, or at least like knocking out, out. Right. Yeah. I definitely was, I definitely passed out. People tried to intervene. They would get shoved out of the way, whatever. But that, uh, that never say die kind of fucking spirit is just, that's like, that's, that's me. That's yeah. what I, what I have. And so that has, instead of like walking around like my dad beat the shit out of me god damn it i'm going to the gas station for another beer like whatever like instead of doing that i feel like what what happened with me is for some somehow some reason and i don't know and i would love to know but like the never say die like i'm so mm -hmm. much stronger like you know yeah well and there's there's a big difference between acknowledging and validating the shit that happened to you and then becoming a, a lifelong victim of it, right? Like there's a sure. huge difference because I, I definitely um, understand that kind of like, no, I'm like a fucking survivor. I'm a scrapper. Like you're not gonna, it doesn't matter what happened. Like you're not gonna take me down. Like that's not gonna happen. And that indomitable spirit, like that is incredible. That's how you survived, which is such a gift and so awesome, but it also doesn't make you a victim to be like, yeah, some dark shit happened. And right. there may be some <laughs> things that I need to address to kind yeah. of come full circle with all of that. And it seems like that's kind of the season you're in. It seems like you're handling these things in pockets as they, as they show up for sure. Yeah. It's weird because, you know, I don't know, like I haven't lived a real besides the childhood. Like I haven't really like had like a violent life. Right. But like there were moments where like I challenged the wrong dude over my girlfriend or something. <laughs> and I remember like meeting someone in a parking lot and the dude, and I'm like, listen, man, before I could finish, like I'm on the ground and I, I, he kicked my ass. Like I would, I would get up. He would knock me back. And I had two friends there and they're like, stay down. I couldn't You're stay like, down. I, can't. Yeah. I never threw a punch. And he like, blacked out both eyes, lost hearing in my right ear for six months, the whole nine. Right. And I remember meeting that guy in a bar later down the line when I was throwing parties and shit. And he was like, dude, can I tell you something? I'm like, sure. You know, um, he's like, you scared the shit out of me. I'm like, how is that possible? I never threw a punch. He's like, you, you would get up more messed up, more bloody than the last time and just start walking towards me. I had never encountered 
to anything and still to this day in my whole life. And I beat up a lot of people and I'm like, okay, wow. You know? And he's like, I literally was so terrified that after I kicked your ass, I went and threw up from fear. And I was like, to me, that story was like, shit, if I don't have anything else, right. Yeah. I got yeah. that. Mm. Well, and so, I mean, in some rooms, like I would even, I would even refer to that as presence. Like we talked about that in a lot of different aspects, but it's just you, like you stayed in the situation. Like you didn't run away. You didn't come at him with the same shit he was coming at you with. And that is not, let's be fair. That is not always the thing to do. It's not always, no. that's not always the play, but like in this case, again, you're dealing with another person who I'm sure your system recognized. You're like, this is a fucking bully. Like this is somebody who is used to knocking somebody down once and them either running off or him being done. Like he doesn't actually have to follow through. And he wanted to vomit. Cause he's like, I might actually have to like fight this guy. Like what mm. if he comes back at me? Like, I'm not actually prepared for that because right. bullies never are. They think that one punch is going to be enough. And this is like a side trail. I'm curious if you, <laughs> because let's, I mean, let's be really honest. You, most girls, you're not having a chat and you're like, oh yeah, there was this one time that I got in a fight. Like more guys have stories about getting into fights than sure. girls, mostly broad, yeah. broad statement right there. Sure. But I'm going to throw that out there. Uh, so I'm curious if you remember like you said, it was over your girlfriend or something. Like, did you get into the fight? Like, did you get hit or get to the point of getting hit? because you were like something you were standing up for her, like you were defending her or like, did you get in? did you find yourself in that position because you felt like you had to be in that situation? Does that make sense? Like some people yeah. I think find themselves in confrontations, not because they actually need <laughs> to be in one, but because it's expected that once you've been like called out or the gauntlet's been thrown, you have to, because you're a dude and this is a bar and this is what we do. Yeah, no, no, I don't do that stupid shit. Okay, good. Uh, yeah. yeah, so <laughs> so usually, like, if there's a situation like, my ex hates you, right, and whatever, like, they would come meet me, and, like, within 20 minutes, like, we're sending selfies, like, what's up? Like, that, like that's my whole life right there in a nutshell. But there was one time uh, I thought I was, like, head over heels for someone in college. College. Um, oh, college. Oh, college. Uh, <laughs> and they, it was her ex, and oh i have to meet him to give back some cds or some bullshit right and so they had a like kind of an like he like talked shitty to her maybe shoved her right and mm -hmm. i was just like yeah. here comes that kill bill you know what i mean and i'm like fuck you asshole like meet me and she's like don't he's really big you know and, <laughs> and, and so like, i did too late I already yeah said <laughs> i didn't listen it was definitely like an in your honor kind of a thing but i couldn't control that like in the same way, I wouldn't be able to control if someone like uh, like came at my grandma or my mom. Right, or like, you right. Know, like it was one of those. So like, yeah. no, I'm, I'm not like one of those fucking yeah. idiot fucking alpha bros. No, it's not my shit. <laughs> yeah. Oh man, that's not your shit. Um, <laughs> well, I mean, one, I'm wondering, so on the podcast, you've interviewed, myself included, a lot of really smart, sexually empowered women doing great things in the world. And I know even in the beginning, you were saying how you have always kind of found yourself surrounded with women. It has been very hard for you to find men who you can have deep, thoughtful, respectful relationships with connections with. And it's clear to me that one thing that would 
be really powerful in this space of sexual empowerment and equality and getting shit out in the open would be for men to be having conversations with other men about everything. And I'm curious if you have men on the list, if you are planning on doing that, if you want to do that, if you've ever tried to do that, like what's, what's your game plan there? Um, so there are no men on the list currently. Um, I thought in the inception phase of sex party, which is still with me, the same, same thought, but the thought is, is that I'm a white heterosexual male and I'm the last person who needs a fucking show about sex. Let's be honest. Okay. You can push back on it. Everyone's like, no, that's not true. Your voice is over like, whatever. I, I get it. I respect it. I, I love that people say that, but my personal belief is that I don't, I don't need, there doesn't need to be any more. Right. And, and on top of that, I'm going to double triple down on it. There, there, nobody needs, the world does not need two white heterosexual dudes talking about their dick size or like the worst blowjob they ever got and the fucking whatever. And like, I just, am. I'm not interested in it. It actually kind of turns my stomach a little bit. And I get a little bit of that fucking Hulk uh, Kill Bill going a little bit, but I do understand the question of maybe two men need to talk about being better humans. I just, at the moment, I mean, never say never. Um, I just not interested. I think me coming to it as someone who's like, you know, um, curious and a little bit of a fucking idiot and um, asking smart questions, dumb questions, right? So that the audience benefits from a man to a woman, that's the space that I am really interested in. And yeah, you know, and I say this so much, it's like fucking nauseating, but the show is called Sex Party and we do get slutty. I mean, we got a little slutty on your episode, but like there's some episodes that are about gangbangs and fucking all the things, right? But like, you're going to hear about the gangbang, but you're also going to learn like how to have a better orgasm or maybe how to talk to your partner. So like, for me, the show is a fucking circus. And my job is to walk the tightrope and never go too far on either side. And, you know, sometimes that's, that's easier. Sometimes that's really not easy. And I think there's something to be said about, hey, I can get that sort of clickbaity, slutty, like, you know, squirty fucking entertainment, but I can also, I didn't see anybody really existing in that space who was a man. And so I was like, okay, if I'm going to do this, if I'm going to operate in a space that's predominantly with women without taking anything away from them, I just have to be myself. And so that is what I'm trying to do. I think I told you this too, but um, if someone's like, what's your elevator pitch for you know, sex party, I would say there's like an 85 year old Dr. Ruth, like award-winning expert who has this perfect show with a perfect guest. It's thought out the whole fucking three seasons planned out the most amazing people booked all of her notes ready, her cameras set up and she has a fucking heart attack and dies. Right. And I'm like the janitor who comes in after that and once they like wheel her out, I'm like, well, 
I guess I'll host the show. You know, that's sort of my elevator pitch for sex party. Yeah, that's, that's so interesting. I feel like on the one hand, I mean, yes, I agree with you. The world does not need a bunch of white bros talking about their dicks. That's true. Uh, I also think that guys do need to get more comfortable talking about this stuff amongst themselves because they're operating off of the same like porn turn sex ed kind of thing where they think that certain things matter that don't matter. And they think that certain things, you know, they think that if you do this, that feels awesome because I saw it and it looked like she had a good time, but she's a paid actress. And so, you know, like, you know, like they're <laughs> right. just as confused in so many ways about so many things. And what I'm hearing you say is like, you do not feel like that is your calling, which is valid. That's totally valid. But I'm also curious by this kind of turn that you took where you're like, oh, my whole pitch is that I'm like the sloppy janitor who shows up after the pros are gone. And like, it just reminds me because you actually, you say this a lot, like you've already said probably four times that you're a disaster. And when you listen to your show, you comment constantly on the fact that you're a disaster. And I'm just curious, like what part of that, like, you being a disaster, how much of that is your like personality, your brand? And then like, if you are such a flaming disaster, does it bother you that you're a disaster? It's like a three-part question. Mm. And then if it does bother you, or if you don't want to identify as a dumpster fire forever, what is your action plan for that? (laughs) (laughs) Oh, wow. First of all, I am so grateful. And like, this is the most amazing question probably that I've ever been asked. Okay. Um, This is like a multidimensional thing. Um, Is it an act? Is it not? Is it whatever? Um, So I think that one, I'm not sure. Um, And I want, I would, I would never allow that to be the only thing I said. Um, Two, you know, I think that something is happening on the show that I did not anticipate, at least this soon, uh, to or whatever number I'm on, like something is also happening to me as a person. Right. Um, I do call myself an idiot a lot. I do call myself a disaster to me. Those are two separate things that I am separately. Um, do I really think I'm a fucking idiot? Of course not. But like, do I do and say idiot things? Sure. Is the show better for it? I hope, (laughs) you know, um, I think sometimes you have to be a little bit of an idiot to ask the idiot questions respectfully. If that makes sense, I would never, again, like I'm not the size matter show. I, you know, and, and that's fine for those guys and they get tons of clicks and all the porn stars or whatever, but like, I, I want to talk about those things, but I'm never, you're never going to hear me ask, I guess, does size matter? And maybe I'll eat those words, right? And and when and people come back and say, you lied to us or whatever, and that's fine. But um, uh, are you picturing like people with signs like outside my apartment? No, I'm more picturing people <laughs> who have listened to your show and the many, many disclaimers you drop about what you're working with as far as just like qualifications in these realms. I don't think it would be your fault if someone took advice and it didn't turn out for them. <laughs> 
Yeah, I mean, and and so I think a lot of the uh, I'm an idiot things. Let's address that, right? Like we just did a little bit, but um, no, I don't. Of course, I don't think I'm a fucking idiot, but I'm a, a little bit of an idiot, you know. And I think that we all should embrace our, our idiot side more because idiots can be curious. They don't have to be just like stupid little lemming people who just fall mm -hmm. into the river of acid, right? Like we can we can be curious like about about things, and I think allowing yourself to be a little bit of an idiot and saying, Hey, I'm an idiot. But like, I don't mind that. I guess that's self-deprecation in a way. Sure. But I'm never going to like really like put myself down. I'm not stupid. There's a difference between being an idiot and being stupid. Right. As far as the stuff being um, me being a mess. Um, this is kind of a doozy. This one's kind of deep. Um, get it, get in there. <laughs> I am totally a mess. Uh, my, my dating life is non-existent. Nobody believes me. I don't know why, but it's not. I'm not dating anyone. There's like, no, there's no wheels turning. There's nothing. Um, I, I think I have like some sort of like massive, uh, you know, I was thinking that it was more of like an avoidant attachment thing, but now I'm thinking something's wrong probably because I just like panic. I'm very, um, you know, I'm confident and I know what I want and what I'm doing and whatever. I, I barely ever panic, but there are moments and I'm finding this more often where it's like time to move the conversation from Bumble to text or we, Hey, maybe we should meet. And I'm like, eh, er, like fucking like, you know, all, all the screws are coming loose and, yeah. and I just panic. So, so I definitely think I'm a hundred percent a mess there. Um, well, and I want to be clear, like sure. most people, human beings, like the act of being a human being is, is very messy. So there's nobody here who is not messy. Like I right. am, I am very messy. I just, I feel like you spend a lot of time talking about like how complicated and messy and like, you know, think that you are and things are. And like, do you do you get something out of that? Like, are you getting something out of that part of your identity of like being this complex, nobody can figure me out. Nobody knows me like kind of person, man, you have the best questions. Um, where should we begin? No, uh, I, I would assume so. I would, I would think so. I think that, I think that it's sort of, um, a protection right? Oh, I'm a mask. Don't even bother. Right. Yeah, so there's that. Yeah. Uh, it's hundred percent. So I will, I will totally like I'm too complicated. That. You're never going to figure me out. And so when this goes South and you're like, Oh my God, I don't get you. You're like, I told you the whole time that I was super complicated. So like yeah. that's on you. Yeah. Um, so there's that it's definitely a fucking protection mechanism thing. Um, two, you know, uh, I don't know. Maybe um, it's, I feel like being a mess maybe is like, I mean, it's not attractive, but you're right. Like all humans are a goddamn mess. So the same way that I think we should celebrate being a fucking idiot sometimes, right. Um, we should celebrate being a mess because I think if we allow ourselves to be these things that we can then move around in that space and connect with each other's idiocy and messiness. Um, you know, something, sometimes like there's stupidity, right? Like all of the things we won't bring up about what's happening in the world. There's all of that, but it's like, I think if we allow each other, 
if we accept each other, I used to have this, this girl that I was involved with. Um, and she would always say to me, I'm, I'm a lot. And I would say, yeah, you are, but fuck it. You know what I mean? Like if someone doesn't like it, then fuck off. Like, and I think there's, um, there's power in that. Right. And I think the quicker we all accept that people are really trying and doesn't always work the faster we can like have some fucking fun and rip some shots and fucking, you know, that's how I, that's how I feel about Mm -hmm. it. So I think those two things, I know you have questions. I can see it in your eyes. Um, (laughs) I'm not skirting anything. Feel free to just really take the knife and get in there. Um, You're, you're trying to figure out who I am. And I think that this is awesome and I'm so here for it. So, well, cause I, I mean, to be fair, like it feels like, and you can correct me if I'm wrong. It feels like you are in a season where you are very, if not serious, you are very interested and curious in figuring yourself out, right? Like it feels like you want to do that or you're feeling kind of ready to do that or to start doing that. Yeah. I keep having these like, Oh, what was that? You know what I mean? And it's like, it's, I feel like it's been pent up and it's angry and it wants to connect with people and go to dinner and fucking Mm -hmm. talk about all the things, which is really difficult for me to like, I'll talk to you about it on the show. I'll tell you all about the fucking deep, dark holes, but going, there's no, yeah, there's, it's like, there's nothing at stake really. Like, yeah. And people don't understand that. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Well, you said it on your podcast. You can't tell me about your dad now or whatever, you know, the, whatever those, those things are. So that's, I don't, I don't, I don't want to call it a side effect. Right. But I've noticed that that is happening because I'm every single week I'm having these really, uh, smart, um, thoughtful, like, well, um, well-spoken experts like yourself. I'm very anal about my guests and all of that shit. So of course, what did I mean? What did I expect was going to happen? Having, you know, two dozen therapists <laughs> talk about whatever, you know, or whatever. Yeah. So I- I'm here for it though, because part of me is really scared. Part of me is really terrified. I had an experience. I will not say who, but there was someone who was on the show and we got deep a little bit. And after the show, she approached me and was like, do you want to fix it? And I was like, uh, nah, uh, you know, malfunction and she's like how about we just have a call so we scheduled a call and she laid out this really beautiful i mean really beautiful well thought out um kind of action plan she gave me the price it was doable right and i'm like let me think about it for a couple days she's like i mean okay i'll give you a couple days for so for 72 hours I'm having like the Jekyll and Hyde conversation, like in the storefronts all around Chicago, like, you know, and I'm like panicking. I was, I was severe panic because the, uh, the Dr. Jekyll is like, we can be better. Like you could, you could have a whole, another thing. And then, um, you know, Mr. Hyde in the reflection is like, you better not. You're going to fuck up your life. You're going to screw up the show. You're better off being a mess. You're better off being an idiot. Part of me was excited about what could be the possibility. I saw myself on dates. I looked different. It was weird. It was like a television thing through the fucking whatever. Um, I was eating Italian food, which looked amazing, right? 
Um, and then the other part of me is like, we're being exterminated and you need to fight back. We're being fucking exterminated. So it was like, I literally was like talking to myself, like at the corner of, of diversity and, you know, through the window. And, and it was really painful because it also sort of suggests or asks the question internally, like, A, like, who the fuck are you really? And two, what is it that you want, kid? You know, and so I don't have answers for either, either or. And I think that it's probably intentional that I don't have answers because I think living an interesting life uh, and having an interesting podcast is almost more, um, more valuable to me than having a, uh, having a wonderful life, we'll say. And that's a big statement that I just said on yeah. your show to hear myself say that that's sort of been banging around in there that like, if we have to suffer what, for entertainment, what, like you'd rather do that than have a peaceful, like, I think so. Yeah. Healthy I know. Actually, experience. I'll take that back. I don't think so. I know. So yes, I would rather suffer and have it be interesting um, and, and truthful. Right. And, and real as long as it, as long as it's real, as long as the suffering is real and it's not like, you know, I'm, I would never like sign up to have my fucking nails pulled out on, on whatever. But I think that if what I'm doing can be entertaining, but also like people couldn't really take a lot out of it. I'm totally okay with that. I don't know. I don't know what that is. I don't know what that, what the tragic James mm -hmm. Dean thing that's happening, but that's what's happening. And I can't ignore it. going to pause right here and give you a chance to take a couple of deep breaths, shake it out, go pee, get a drink of water, maybe resource yourself in some way. And then I invite you to join Dustin and I back over on the next part of this conversation, part two that is available now. We're about to get into it. We're about to examine his beliefs around shared pain equaling connection, learning to trust the consistency or the predictability of painful experiences over the vulnerability of hopefulness, looking more at the tortured soul identity, and he gets even more honest about what it is that he really really wants and what he hopes is going to come out of this messy process. So I hope to see you over on the next episode. Thanks guys. Love ya. Thank you. Thank you. Hands on my heart. Thank you. Thank you for being here and for listening with an open and curious mind. Anne Voskamp says shame dies when stories are told in safe places. I would be so grateful for your help to expand the safety we're creating here by subscribing, rating, and sharing this show with the folks you love. Let's keep nothing important confidential.